Welcome back to the Blink Podcast. This is Kule. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Today, um, I have Ben Miller with me, and he also wrote a piece for us for the second issue of the Blink magazine. Um, it's about his experience of being in the woods. It's called Failing Sorrow in yes. 2000. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nice piece. It's one of like the featured pieces oh. um, in our second issue. Oh, thanks. Very on point, uh, um, on point as well. Because it's just about you know the relationship between individual and society. Oh, thanks. I'm very grateful that you guys have agreed to publish it and that uh, that you like it so much. It's yeah, something we loved I've, it. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's something I've been working on for a long time, so I feel relieved that I can sort of move beyond it right now. But I yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, about letting your piece go. Right, the importance of letting writing. Uh, go and disappear in a sense. Yeah. Not disappear, <laughs> but like being exposed to the right audience and right. know, see, seeing it objectively, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, Ben is um, actually a professor, assistant, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's a professor <laughs> at uh, CUNY. Yeah. Um, college? No. Queensboro Community College. Queensboro yeah. Community College in New yeah. York. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, tell us a bit about your teaching experience. You teach creative writing? Yes, I, I teach composition and creative writing. Um, I've been there since 2009 or so. Uh, I have an MFA in creative writing from CalArts, so I guess that's what I was officially trained in. But um, I sort of have uh, gravitated to composition and composition pedagogy, you know, uh, recently. Uh, but I, I really like it, teaching there. But what's really valuable in this job is I think I get to see students um, sort of exercising their voice for the first time. Hmm. Um, like we ask them to write personal essays, and they're resistant to it maybe at the beginning, but then they you know, take risks and um, courageously sort of put themselves out there in writing for the first time, and it's good to be part of that process, you know. Isn't so. that what we all do? Like putting ourselves out there and finding our voice. Right. Yeah. And it, but it, it is. It's really satisfying to see it with students who might identify as as non-writers. You know, like mm. they're they're not necessarily interested in you know scholarship, academia, or like you know writing in the arts. But they'll still um, you know go through this personal investigation to find mm. out who they are. And to try to explore that through writing. So um, it can be very rewarding, you know, because you watch students sort of encounter themselves and um, at, you know, at the young age of, you know, 18 or 19, um, when, yeah. you know, like that time. <laughs> you knew it's nothing like, about yourself. Yeah, you don't know. You're yourself. so confused. Right. And, yeah, right. <laughs> you don't really know yourself. And uh, it can be, you know, it's an exploratory time. So, hmm. yeah. Is that what you went through yourself as well? You told me that you did um, philosophy. Yes, in yeah. I was a philosophy major, undergrad. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember taking a composition class. And I remember I remember thinking I was very smart and that I was, you know, like really, um, like I knew the secret to this and you better get my jokes and kind of thing. Hmm. Like uh, I remember my composition teacher was very appropriate and giving me like lower grades, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I've often told my students that and talked about how, hmm. you know, that that 
you know, just because if you get a lower grade in a composition class doesn't necessarily mean that that this that you're is a how bad writer. writer, a bad writer, or just this is how it will always be. I mean, I, I remember thinking I really needed to be put in my place, and I was, you know, mm. afterwards I was very grateful to my teacher for sort of telling me, like, you know, this isn't appropriate here, or, you know, hmm. you shouldn't write about this, or I don't know what you're trying to do here, you know, but it's, hmm. you know, so... Um, so, yeah, I, do, I mean, I remember going through composition and, you know, um, it was, but it was interesting. It was, I always told myself it was later that I sort of learned these lessons, you know, so, because mm. I think when you're that age, you're very um, focused on your own individual pursuit and you're not thinking about what this class means in my long academic mm. history or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, now looking back, I think my composition classes, like the two that I had to take when I was mm. at Brandeis, were one of my best experience in college. In oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. Like you said, it was like the first time I actually had to encounter myself. Oh. And in a different language. Right, oh, like right. Yeah. My native language. Yeah. And just to, to the fact of getting criticism, it's just something that's very, very new to me. Right. I think it's probably new to a lot of students as well. If you're like graded with like tests and stuff instead of like on your own writing. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you get like some really personal comments on how you write your voice, your experience mm. and stuff. That was very um, new and refreshing to me and I remember loving it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I trust idea. that you're doing some good jobs with your student and helping yeah. them to find their voice. Yeah, I'm always trying to bridge that gap between like professor and student, you know, and like um, mm. like that the traditional social roles we play and the you know, so, I mean, like, one thing I did recently, I was, like, I brought in my rejection letters, some of my rejection letters, and shared that's them. very with, nice of you. you know, like, no, but, like, just <laughs> to, to students. Yeah, yeah, no, just yeah, to students and, like, put them on the, on the, and it was just kind of, like, um, you know, it's writing's a process, it's a long process, like, we were all there, you know, it's, uh, mm. that we all send our stuff out, and it's, people are critical of it, and that that's okay, you know, so. Yeah, self-criticism yeah. has, you will never stop, if you're a writer, or just, I don't know, a normal person. Yeah. You yeah. need to hear that, you know, sometimes. So. Right, right. Yeah. So, do you believe that there is a writer in every person? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I think, I think, uh, you know, someone, someone taking, like, that first step and putting words on the page, and you know, even if they're not interested in even, like, some very good writing can come out of that situation, mm. you know. Um, you know, I, I often see with my students, like, how, especially in the, you know, the creative classes I teach, how open they are to it, you know. I mean, they're not necessarily trained to be creative writers or have interested in publishing outside of school, or, mm. um, but they'll, you know, they just they'll take risks, like you'll give them a creative writing yeah, assignment. That's very and important yeah, to and, take risks. Yeah, and, and a lot of times they might not identify as a writer, but they'll offer this great sort of fresh perspective to, to the creative act, you know. Hmm. Um, and like I, had, like I had a student, I mean, he's just writing, uh, you know, I asked him to write a poem, and I was kind of, we were reading poems, and uh, I asked him to you know, write a poem, and he was like, what should I write about? I was like, well, what do you, um, where do you spend your time? What do you, you know, start with description or something, like just this descriptive poem of something. Let's start there, and he wrote a poem about the gym. 
And, um, oh, this and, is interesting. You know, and, 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 and like, it's not like that the subject thing. material that I would think would be. Yeah, right. Like, but, but what I loved about it was just sort of, I mean, the student's like, okay, I'll do that, you know, <laughs> and tries it. Was and it like it, a pawn? Um, I mean, like, it had its moments, you know, and <laughs> some things like, uh, but, but it's fun to work with somebody like that who's just, um, you know, so willing to, like, try something, you mm. know. And um, so open. So open, right. And it can even be inspirational in a lot of ways, you know, because I think as, you know, teaching in college and as a writer, like, we can kind of be not cynical, but just kind of... Um, yeah, you know, brutal we'll come to that word again. Yeah, brutal, yeah. cynical, critical. <laughs> oh god. Right, right. Um, yeah. So it can be very refreshing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I feel about your piece. In fact, oh. the reason why I loved it so much. Uh, we can't really expose, you know, what we're going to publish, but we can talk a little bit about that. Oh, I thanks. really like yeah. the fact that that it's um, it's very open. It's it's um, of course it's about experience of being in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were twenty, yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was. It was the uh, fall of two thousand. So I was twenty-one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it feels. But, yeah. It reads very raw. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, yeah. It was an experience that was uh, that I've uh, thought about a lot, and I've been working on this piece for a long time. Um, I really feel like since that time, I feel like it's like seventeen years of like holding onto this, but. Yeah. Um, uh, experience where, you know, we were, um, I was an undergraduate in, in Boston and I had a friend, uh, from West Virginia, um, where I grew up, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, the town I grew up in. And we decided to live in the woods and, uh, sort of drop out of college for however long we needed to, to sort of read and experiment in woods living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess I was trying for it to be really, sort of, I guess it's kind of like one of those pieces where you're trying to say, like, what did it all mean kind of thing? Um, why did we do that? Why <laughs> did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's, it's uh, you know, I think, and, like, that's what I was trying to investigate in the essay, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. I think at the time I thought it was, uh, you know, very special, like, uh, this is a special thing that nobody does and we're hmm. original and somehow it was... Whereas now I look at it as it being much more conventional, you know, kind of. In a way, yes. Of thing, <laughs> like, like this, it's kind of conventional. Yeah, you like, expect like a twenty-year-old, twenty-one. Exactly. Yeah. Right, like this kind of youthful, oppositional approach, you know. To. Mm. Did you find sure. something in that experience now, like looking at it from far away? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, um, you know, um, uh, my friend who I did this with, uh, my friend Cody. We had both we both built um, shacks on a land, on land in West Virginia, and um, you know I think I, more than anything I miss I miss that sort of relationship you know like uh, mm, the strong friend relationship um, like because I've lost touch with him and more than anything it's um, it's it's I you know you want to access that youthful optimism and that youthful um, mm. approach to just life in general where you. You know, mm-hmm. would kind of do dramatic things like that, you know, like because I, I don't, you know, um, but uh, so that's one thing. I mean, I, it makes you really sort of like miss the people involved in that time. Um, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, also, um, you know, I tend to think of it as uh, as wrestling with some of 
political ideologies and sort of coming coming into political awareness of you know uh, where I am now. You know, so it's where like a, you an experience of um, coming into liberalism. You know, sort mm-hmm. of uh, in that coming growing up in a conservative culture. You know, I see it. I see it now as like I was sort of testing those things out, those ideas, like those ideologies, like a conservative mm-hmm. ideology. It was a very libertarian kind of approach <laughs> to uh, life and ideas. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I think of it sort of as a, something I had to sort of go through and test um, to change. You know, sort of. So I see of it as like a transformative sort of experience. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. When I was reading it, I felt like yeah. there were two different things that you were um, experimenting with at that time. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, there was that you know conservative element mm-hmm. that you were trying to fight against, you know, your upbringing, your family, and stuff in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're also trying to figure out the relationship between an individual and a community. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. and and it sort of goes back to what you said about Cody, because I felt like. Maybe that's what you're missing. Right. I, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, like, you were trying to figure out, at least to me, as if you were trying to figure out you can actually be alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then at yeah. the end, you found community. Yeah, it was like sort of saying... Kind of. Like, like we, were, need we, we were out there at the same time in our different little shacks... But we were, you know, alone most of the time, either reading or doing whatever we were doing, like hiking around or something. And um, we would have these days. I mean, we'd meet like for dinner at the fire, like mm-hmm. late at, or at night. And um, that sounds so romantic. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. Like it was, it's very like, and we talk about like philosophy or something. You know, it's yeah, like great, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that is it's exactly what I miss. the reading book that we need right here, like in New York. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, but it was, yeah, it was sort of coming into this awareness that, you know, I didn't want to be alone, you know, like I wanted to pursue community and I wanted to sort of be around other people. And, um, and I thought like the sort of, uh, you know, angst that I was feeling at that time, like society's all messed up and that kind of thing. Like it was, wasn't all of society. It was just the parts that I didn't, weren't for me, you know, and that, so mm. it's, um, yeah, I think of where I'm at now, you know, it's sort of like a turn to appreciating community and people and conversation and rather than isolation in the woods, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, Do you find that now in New York, community? Yeah, I have, um, I do. I mean, with, uh, you know, I, I think of my educate, you know, teaching as a community, That's you true. know, right, um, uh, that I engage in and, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm part of other, uh, you know, poets and writers and things. I think there's a, you can find a strong sense of community um, around the creative. We just discussed this. I have to completely <laughs> oh, opinion. Yeah. I, mean, I think that New York very much lacks a, hmm. a good creative community. Right. At least that's my experience. You were talking about in terms of, like, compared to Berlin, right? Like the Right. I think Berlin's... It's pretty rare, though. I don't know about China. Maybe mm-hmm. there is a community, a creative community in Beijing. I don't know about that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, based on my experience in Berlin and here, I find it very lacking. In mm-hmm. fact, I can see that. I mean, I know we were talking about that, and sort of. I mean, um, but everything's so professional. It is, yeah. Here, yeah, 
Yeah, I think I, I thought about this because, uh, you know, I, um, I, when I was at CalArts in Los Angeles, I'm interested in, you know, like uh, thinking about space in relationship to these communities, you know, mm. how it seems like in places where, you know, in Los Angeles is expensive and, you know, I'm sure, you know, in, in parts uh, where price of real estate sort of dictates what you can do in a community, you know, um, mm. But I, because, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's sort of artist spaces that can exist for longer periods. Um, but in New York, it's sort of like everything's by necessity. Like you have to, you have to pay the rent by the end of the month. So you have to like, what are <laughs> yeah. you doing? Where's the money? And like, it, you know, it becomes this sort of, like you're saying, professionalization of the, for sure. Yeah. And what was it like um, being a student in Boston? I actually went to school in Boston as well. So. Oh, right, Brandeis, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was at um, Boston U, and um, I mean, I for me it was very intense. I, I think uh, I found philosophy, and I, I sort of was one of those guys who was um, reading uh, and being very intense about talking about it. <laughs> <I guess laughs> talking like, about Nietzsche. Yeah, talking about Nietzsche, <laughs> like, walk, like walking around the city, um, thinking yeah, I like, like I have to, f- yeah, I like no, the city a lot. I feel so nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like trying to figure it all out kind of thing. And so hmm. I, I look back on it as being like, I, I wasn't very social at this time. So, but I, but I like, I miss the city like you. I think hmm. I, I miss the time. I wasn't time. very social back then either. Really? No. Yeah. But for me, it's also like an experience of encountering difference. Right. So, sure. Yeah, you know, having come from China and all of a sudden you have so many students who are, you know, of different races and mm-hmm. religions and stuff. How was it like for you? Like, how long did it take for you to sort of huh. feel comfortable? Or, yeah. Like, um, practically, I think I was very used to it after just like one semester hmm. because I was so young. So, you know, I'm easily impressionable. And, and I think I probably had not so different experience from you know, a normal kid from um, America going mm-hmm. to college. There's so many new things you have to get used to. And you, you, you see that in other students. They have to go through the same thing as I went through. Right. You know, taking, lang- uh, not language classes, um, composition classes and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, and finding yourself, finding your identity. There are a lot of clubs that help you do that. <laughs> they can join and, you know, mm-hmm. talk about your identity crisis right. when you're like 18 or 19. But then, on the other hand, I think culturally, I've never really adapted to myself. Right, right. Like sure. I, I, I'm not a really an American, never, ever, culturally. Mm-hmm. Even though, practically, I'm very, I was very used to the lifestyle when I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. You know, just after one month or semester. Right. You know, I drink the same milk as everyone drink. I eat the same bread. I eat the same donuts. You know, everything is the same. I teach. I, I have the same classes. Yeah. But culturally, I I never really identify uh-huh. very much with um, American culture. Right. I've been. I, I I had a lot of fights fights with my parents. Hmm. You know about like legal stuff and rights, gay rights. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fights, but 
I thought I was Americanized, and I think that's what my parents thought as well, because, you know, I'm pro-gay, right, I'm pro-this, pro-that. I'm not a libertarian, nor I'm a liberal. Right. You know, that I, I've never watched. Labels, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I believe in a, in a good government. Right, right. You know, I'm also not an anarchist. Right. But um, apart from that, I think internally, I never really identify with individualism, which is a very big part mm. of American culture. Right, yeah. And I think that's what I kind of see in your piece as mm -hmm. well. I think there was an earning, um, a yearning for community. Mm -hmm. And that I always had. Right. And that was the reason why I wanted to um, to study literature in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like when you're in an undergraduate literature classroom, all you do is to read a novel you go to class, have your notes with you, and discuss it with the, the rest of the students. Right. And usually it's related to some really personal experience you have. Yeah. You know, do you believe in love um, at the first sight? You know, that was what a talk that we had. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, do you believe in this and that? Uh, what is the place of morality in the society? A lot of these questions lead to very personal experience of mm -hmm. a student. And I love those conversations. Mm -hmm. I remember like one day, because um, I told you I was a computer science major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I went to Japan, I came back and decided to, to drop computer science. Yeah. So I took a couple of different humanity classes. And I remember one day, like, I was standing at the bus stop. I was ready to go back to my dorm. Mm. I just had a literature class. We had, like, this really fervent discussion on some text, which I don't remember. Mm. And I was calling my mom. I was like, oh, my God. I think I have blossomed. I have, yeah. Like, I have become, <laughs> like complete or I am able to express myself. I've, I love doing this. And that's how I started, you know, going into literature. Oh, interesting. And that's why yeah. I wanted to go to graduate school, in fact. Yeah. You know, I read Bami, I read all like the German idealists and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like the modernists. I was like, wow, this is a great community. Yeah. You know, they have a magazine together. <laughs> yeah. They have a newspaper, they have this and that. And I want to do that too. And yeah, academia is very different from how I imagine right. it to be. <laughs> but Unless, I do have a magazine now, which I'm right. eternally yeah. thankful, you know, for. And you're creating those communities now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I feel important. like, you know, people like you, like Nicola, like Malik, and Carly. Mm -hmm. I mean, Carly, she's my partner, but then, you know, people start to gather around us. Mm -hmm. We have writers' friends around us, or, you mm -hmm. know, already. But mm -hmm. then people start to submit things, and they start together, and they want to have a conversation about right. their own creative experience. And that was to me why I entered. That's <laughs> I why you here. entered it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, it's very interesting how I found it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're That's doing a... more or less the same thing with the students too, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just I, a different I, approach. Yeah, I tend to think of it as, as a you know like. I always joke like we're putting the community back into community college. Right, like I'm always right. arguing that to, to students. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and it's also it's like a commuter. For many people, just logistically, it's like a commuter school. And, you know, they they don't necessarily live around there, so it's like they're passing through. So it's hmm. it's challenging compared to I think four year schools where there's yeah, if you actually have your people are living together. And stuff, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I would say that's probably the place where I engage in community the most. But I am always looking for creative communities, and I think what you guys are doing is great. Yeah, oh, thank, so, you. Yeah. thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. We're always looking for um, good writers and publish their works and you'll get their voices heard. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you were talking about um, just that sort of uh, eureka moment when you're 
uh, in college. I, I sort of can understand that for me. The blossom was, moment? Yeah, the blossom <laughs> moment. For me, it was like, it was, yeah, it, was, was it? it was when, I mean, in college, right, I thought I was going to be a math and science person. And, same here, and yeah, same here. And I, cause I, and I, I don't know why I thought about that. I thought that way just because I was good at it in high school or something. Like I was same in, here. And my parents told me so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's weird how you do th- why you do things at that time. But I, um, you know, I remember being in chemistry class, and it was just like the first in college, and the first the guy was up there, and he was the professor, and he says he drew an atom, and he was like, "This is the atom," and I was just like. I'm out of here. And I just couldn't <laughs> deal with it anymore. You know, I was like, this is all you've done. And, and I just dropped all my classes and then enrolled when in was philosophy that? and humanity, you know, like humanities classes. And, yeah, uh, same here, same and here. Just, and, and then I remember just being so excited by it, but then it's also so, um, so bad at it in a sense. Like, like not I was knowing, very bad at it you too. Know, like not knowing how to talk in these circles. Um, you know, yeah. people were so, like you were saying, like open and, um, willing knowing who they are or pretending to know who they are in, in ways and right i have a lot know. of classmates like that too. <laughs> yeah um, yeah right. so i think yeah and and i guess this woods experience comes out of that time so uh, because you, know, it's you kind feel of like, kind of alienated by your classmates yeah just sort of like you know not getting it and not really feeling like you're falling in anywhere and, you know. yeah now looking back i feel like it's a good thing Mm-hmm. You know, I, m- I remember like the same experience as, as well, like entering into an undergraduate mm-hmm. literature classroom, mm-hmm. and you have like so literate students, like classmates around you, mm-hmm. and they know how to talk about things, right? Yeah. And they just sound so uh, eloquent. Right. And I, coming from you know China, I haven't read any, uh, <laughs> I've read some novels like The Great Gatsby, you know, yeah, you know, I don't know, like Secret Garden, yeah, <laughs> you know, just like small works here and there. But they have read so much already before they enter college. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we're in the same classroom talking about, like, German idealism. I was like, what the fuck? Is I don't know how to yeah. talk about literature. Yeah. And then someone gave me a really good advice. My friend, who was like, because he's also um, experiencing the same thing. He's like, mm-hmm. go home. And whatever you think about when you read those texts, and we read really intense texts, like, um, you know, Dr. Faust is from uh, Thomas Mann. Mm-hmm. And I take notes of what I thought about, like, immediately, immediate uh, notes on, like, pages, you know, this text, this, that. And then I took those notes to a classroom, and then whenever I speak, I have, like, um, a train of um, a thoughts that I can actually follow. Right. And I, that's how I gradually become more and more eloquent. Oh, yeah, that's... And that was very, very good training for me, because nowadays, even, like, if you ask me to speak in public, like you do when you teach class, uh-huh. I always write down my train of thoughts. Yeah. And then you kind of can follow it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, like having a map, in a sense, like a... Like yeah, right. Because yeah. I think a lot of times, people misunderstand what a good public speaker is. And a lot of times, if you do creative work, you have to be a good public speaker, you know, mm. to present yourself to your work, you have to be a good reader as well. Mm-hmm. But then people think that you just go like freestyle. Right. <laughs> it's like, yay, it's all like spontaneous. Right. In fact, no, you have to have some something to follow. You have to have like some good writing and stuff to mm-hmm. help frame your agenda, what you want to say, you know? Right, like the, the, the tendency to think that because it's creative, you can then do it's anything. Then it's all like, yeah. <laughs> it's no. all just an expression of emotion or something, yeah. Yeah, but I emotion. didn't have an, M, um, um, what do you call it, MFA, MLA? Right, MFA, yeah. MFA. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, creative writing. I didn't have that, so I didn't get that kind of, like, really rigorous training in creative writing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to sort of an, 
um, a CalArts or a writing program was sort of not traditional, um, not like the traditional workshop that's modeled off of like Iowa or something. Um, mm. There was very an interdisciplinary approach, um, and they encouraged us to sort of pursue pursue music or film at the same time we would oh, writing really? and stuff. So it was. So I feel kind of lucky in that sense, um, and I, I, so I it's sort of informed my creative process since then because I tend to think of things as projects. You know, it's um, I think about like, things as projects it, too. <laughs> no, but, no, but just like just like projects in the sense of like. Um, uh, like I'm not a creative writer, I'm not a filmmaker, I'm not a, mm. but, but projects are individual and in that when you move from one to the next, it's right. like, it doesn't have to be within a discipline, you know, it can be wherever oh, it goes yeah, I see what you kind mean of thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, but um, like being a creative writing teacher right now, a composition mm-hmm. teacher, what do you think is the right way of train of training for students? Yeah, I mean, my the students that I teach are brand new to the creative process. They, many of them, have never produced a poem or written a story, and um, they are, uh, you know, excited by it and willing to try it. And um, so I, you know, I think it's less about criticism; it's less about being mm, than it is more about sort of showing them what the creative world can offer them. Um, you know, mm. so it's sort of like approaching it to bring them in. Um, and so I think a responsible pedagogy is, you know, just listening to them and trying to create situations where that they can feel comfortable sharing their work. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I have like a, a learning outcome of my class is that they have to realize or understand that their voices have importance outside of the classroom in some way so they'll have mm. to make a chat book or something that will be ready to be distributed or you know like that where they'll have to uh, you know um, give a poetry reading or something of their own or something whether they somehow that's actually a very good assignment you know like something where it's like you have to create your own situation or under and understand that what you're doing in here has relevance outside of the classroom kind of thing. Um, wow. But I, you know, I know like traditional creative writing pedagogy, uh, you know, especially in graduate school would require much more, you know, criticism and, you know, sort of. Yeah. Unnecessary criticism. <laughs> right. A lot of it yeah. can be. Yeah. Like I don't write English properly. <laughs> like, right. like, you know, a hundred percent correct. So what? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. I can be a writer. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, what I'm saying doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's like if you look at the politics or political landscape of America today, it could be something that's really useful. Hmm. You know, for someone who's living in Mississippi, <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. I've been talking about Mississippi with yeah. my, my my husband all the time. If someone who's living in Mississippi or someone who's living in West Virginia or wherever Ohio, mm-hmm. like if they had a personal experience mm-hmm. that has changed their life that has, you know, a political or social connotation. Why can't they write? Why, 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 what it has to be a, a, a journalist or like a writer, a professional writer who mm. go there and convey their story. I think if they have like a good, you know, a writing tutor or a good writing program, they can very much just write their story. Or by the way, if you're actually out mm. there, if you have like any story about, you know, abortion, whatever, whatever you have experienced, that's negative. Mm. Um, with respect to what's happening right now with 
the with Trump's um, presidency,、hmm. you can contact us. Okay, <laughs> we will help you out to get the story out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that that's. I think that's what needs to be done. You don't have to have yeah the perfect skills. If you have the right story, you need it to get out. Contact us. Okay. Ben might help too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think I think the value of storytelling、um, with these communities right now could be very, you know, or is very necessary. It's, know, it's very lacking.、Way. You don't、yeah. usually hear that.、Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I get very,、um, you know, conflicted or confused about about by the by the the democratic people because、hmm. if you if you follow the news and stuff online, right. And even on the TV, the way they seem to speak is quite condescending. Right, right, yeah. And I, I don't really like that. You know,、right. you are, you know, not educated, very literate, whatever, and that's why you elected Trump or whatever. Right, right. And、yeah. I find that very、um, problematic. Yeah, I hope now that people are starting to to realize that that's a problem and that that needs to change and that I that really that, needs to change. I hope that people are starting to you know look at these communities and. Uh, in ways, you know, like that require them to listen more, you know, and and to just not to project just be, and yeah, project, about them. yeah, the reasons for why they vote and to listen, you know, more.、Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be like I hate the term like silver linings and all that, but right, exactly, like <laughs> exactly like the Trump, but like it could be that. It, Forces us all to sort of listen more to these. I hope that's stuff, that's you know, what comes out of it. I create more conversations across,、yeah. you know, ideology and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, that's that's what, not what I see so far. <laughs> right, I know. It's mostly just like ideologies fighting each other. Right. Yeah. Right. A very polarized time. Maybe、yeah. you should write that story. You know, <laughs> if you had a friend. Yeah, I mean, well, like it's it's true about you know just thinking about West Virginia, and you know, I'm very proud of being from there. I mean, that's the thing. I I understand, I understand how, you know, why people feel like、um, identify with a place very strongly, and you know,、mm. and but at the same time being sort of frustrated with how it's sort of moved socio politically, you know, and culturally. You should give them a voice,、um, right? I mean, I, I yeah, I think、uh, you know there are many good West Virginia writers out there doing that,、um, or trying to do that. You know, and,、uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to contribute to that way in that way some someday for sure. Yeah, I think this piece, you know, you already by doing that, you already contribute、oh, to thanks, West thanks. Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. This yeah, was great. we should we should do more <laughs> projects and stuff together. Absolutely, no, this was fun.、Yeah. If you're someone from West Virginia, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you should you should check out Ben's work, and also if you have a story to tell, we'll be happy to help you. All right,、Thank、we will be happy to help out. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yes, we、yeah. should. We should help、All、them、right. out with getting their voices heard.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Happy Sunday! Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.